TechShift is supported by North Park University, offering more than 40 undergraduate programs within an intercultural Christian setting on the north side of Chicago. More at northpark.edu. North Park University, lives of significance and service. Questions about 1871 success, a big win for local company Everpurse, and Washington's working to help modernize healthcare technology. A few of this week's stories we're talking about on TechShift Week in Review. Hi, I'm Nyla Boodoo, and our panel today is Steve Collins. He's the CEO of Matter Incubator, and he brought along one of their member companies. Scott Vold is the CEO and co-founder of Fibroblast. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. See, for people who aren't familiar with Matter, what are you all specifically working on? So Matter is a health technology startup center and community hub that just opened in mid-February. It's a 25,000-square-foot space in the Merchandise Mart that has 85 startups, 30 industry partners, and 10 hospitals and universities that are all working together to create new technology solutions to improve healthcare. And Scott, Fibroblast uses um, technology to help speed up the referral process, right? Sure. So we're a company that makes sure that no patient falls through a crack in the healthcare system. Today, you go to your doctor, your doctor uh, maybe determines you need uh, specialty care, right? Well, the state of the art today is to hand you a piece of paper. Uh, It leads to failed referral appointments, billions of dollars of lost revenue, really bad outcomes for patients. So we automate that entire process. And you guys just had a big deal you signed with Presence Health? We did, yes. Huge deal. Uh, Presence Health is Illinois' second largest health system. It's the largest Catholic health system in the state. Touches about 1.2 million patient lives. And we just partnered with them for the next three years to uh, power referrals across the entire enterprise. Oh, great. And Nyla, perfect example of exactly what we're trying to facilitate at Matter. So um, Presence, very large health system, Fibroblast, really exciting startup with an interesting technology product. Bring those two together, and it's a match made in heaven. Well, and speaking of startup co-working spaces, one story that lots of people have been talking about this week is a question that was posed uh, by an op-ed piece in Crane Chicago Business written by Level Office CEO Bill Bennett, which is, has 1871 gotten too big? And also, should so much state funds be devoted to a nonprofit incubator? Steve, your thoughts on this? You're on the, or you're, I should, we should disclose everyone, you're on the board of 1871. It's true. Um, and, you know, I read the op-ed and, and I thought it was a bit, um, you know, it's a bit misleading in that it, it, uh, it, 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 the 1871 is not a co-working space. If you look at what happens at 1871, you know, there were, there's going to be a thousand events at 1871 this year. There's um, 5,000 hours of mentoring. There's 300 classes. There's 1,500 people a day that come into the space. And those aren't things that a co-working space does. Those are things that, you know, really an economic development entity does. Um, and that's why the state has invested in starting and growing 1871, because it's serving a function that really no one else is serving um, in the in the city to really grow the digital technology community. And it's been, by the way, wildly successful. One of those successes uh, out of 1871 actually was a company that I wanted to talk about as well, which is Everpurse. Um, Liz Salcedo, CEO, she's you know been on the afternoon shift, of course, before. Really interesting news about partnering with Kate Spade. So Everpurse sells a purses that charge your iPhone, and now they're a new partnership with Kate Spade to sell iPhone charging Kate Spade bags. I, I, go ahead, Steve. 
I love this story. So this is a perfect 1871 success story. So so Dan and Liz are a husband and wife, and they started this company on the side while they were at 1871 building another company, which ultimately didn't work. And by the way, they moved to Chicago specifically because 1871 was opening, and they really wanted to be a part of it. The original business you know, sort of didn't work. They were working on this other one. They really got the bug, figured out it was going to work. And now, three years later, they have a deal with arguably one of the best-known brands in the country. Scott, as a CEO of a company, when you start thinking about scaling up, which is oftentimes the goal when you're in the startup phase, do you worry about getting to a point where uh, that Everpurse is at? Because do you worry about getting too big or being able to fit that size? Uh, no. So the the worry is, will you be able to scale big enough, fast enough, right? The goal for every mm-hmm. startup, I think, at a high-growth company is to get as big as fast as you can. And so this seems like an absolute perfect match for them. Like, I, as I mentioned before, presence was a big deal for us. And so cracking the nut of selling to enterprise, uh, landing that first large marquee client really sets Everpurse up or some of the other companies, 1871 up for uh, I think future success, and and this is just a you know fantastic for the community, fantastic for them. Scott, one of the stories you wanted to talk about was looking at what Washington is trying to do—a big revised bill that has implications for modern healthcare. For you, what do you think are the highlights of the 21st Century Cures Act? Sure. So, in the the act is is expansive, right? But the thing that I think is most important for us uh, is this provision about interoperability, right? Which is a big fancy word, but here's a, a quick way to understand it. Uh, imagine you're going in to buy a new cell phone. Okay, you go into AT and T and you buy a cell phone. It's implied, and you understand that with that phone, you can call any other phone in the United States. Doesn't matter what carrier they're on. Doesn't matter what state they're in. As long as you have a number, you can call. That's interoperability. But with electronic medical records, which are uh, digitized uh, patient records, that was a huge push in the High Tech Act, and um, that isn't the case. You know, imagine now, instead of being able to call every phone in America, you can only call AT&T phones, or only call phones in your city, or only call your family. And that kind of limiting, the, the sort of blocking factors, uh, are stifling innovation in health technology. Scott is, is you know, I think you're totally right. This is a really interesting development and a really important issue. I mean, you think about if you're a patient and your doctor's on the south side of Chicago and that's who you go see regularly and then you're at Great America this summer and you fall off of something and you get hurt and you get taken to a local hospital, that local hospital will most likely have no access to your medical history or your medical records and it's entirely up to you to tell the doctor what's relevant at that moment in time. And in this day and age, that's really not how it should work. Um, but we're relatively new in the era of electronic medical records. And that's what I wanted to ask, because both of you are in this space, particularly in the tech healthcare space. Do you feel like Washington is good at getting this right? I, do you think that the, do you think that Washington is moving fast enough to respond to help um, regulate or push for change in the industry to help modernize? I, unfortunately, I don't. I think Washington is actually moving at a glacial pace. Uh, and if you look at the bill, uh, which I've done, uh, the the key provisions don't take effect for another two and a half years. So, in, in At which point the technology may have changed entirely also. The market shifts, the technology changes. I mean, the, the key provisions uh, in terms of reporting and certification don't kick in for a year, two, two years, and two and a half years. Um, everyone knows the problem, right? And this is a problem that other industries have dealt, other industries have dealt with. Everyone knows how to solve the problem. 
I don't see why it has to proceed at such a slow pace. Steve, one thing that you wanted to talk about was how big data has evolved to help predict the spread of infectious disease. And I guess we've come become a long way since we were looking at Google search engines of, as a sort of a flu right. outbreak predictor, right? Right. Yeah, there was a story this week. A company raised $30 million to model the spread of infectious diseases around the world. And you think about the power of data in healthcare, it's really an area where where um, we really haven't unleashed the power of data in healthcare as we have in many other industries. And this is a really interesting example of what we can do. Um, we just had at Matter um, some folks from North Shore University Health System who were there talking about how they're actually using data to model disease spread. And they can pull up a map and tell you in real time cases of the flu, of gastroenteritis, of whooping cough that are going on across the whole North Shore, and that helps doctors make the right decisions about how what treatment um, to prescribe if they can uh, have better intelligence about what's actually going around in the community. And I think that when you all are talking about efficiency and intelligence and making the healthcare system work better, Steve, another story that you highlighted was looking at the Apple Watch and kind of maybe interesting technology we might see for doctors and for nurses and how communication happens in a medical setting and how that might help eliminate some pretty big inefficiencies that exist right now. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, a lot of the innovation in healthcare is now coming from non-traditional healthcare sources like Apple and like Google. And, you know, the Apple Watch in and of itself is not a healthcare revolution, but it is really going to be the biggest one of these sort of wearable devices, and it has certain functionality that's really interesting. One of the things that they highlighted this week was a partnership with IBM around a nurse communication system. And well, I don't know the details of that exact system. I was just reading a report um, that says the average nurse spends an hour of, of his or her day looking for doctors. And you think about that level of inefficiency and what a technology um, like this might do to help solve that problem. You're talking about, you know, real dollar savings and improvements in care. Last story, Scott, uh, a really interesting one in the Atlantic about looking at um, different prosthetics and a very interesting way of thinking about technology and how that's sort of changing how we look at creating different artificial limbs for people. Yeah, th this is a fascinating story because I think it touches upon so many things, right? Uh, in I guess the history of prosthetics has been to make the person who's missing a limb look as normal as possible and have the prosthetic function like a normal limb. And, and really the piece was about rethinking um, the new normal and, and maybe augmenting someone's capabilities using existing technology so the limb functions better, the hand serves a different purpose than simply clutching and grasping. Um, I think you can really use your imagination and think what will these prosthetics do in the next five to ten years and how will that help uh, sort of move along uh, human function, um, more of a thought piece and a reimagining mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah, unfortunately we're out of time, but it's a really interesting way to think about how technology is really changing culture and how we look at things. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Scott Bold. He's the CEO and co-founder of Fibroblast. Steve Collins is the CEO of Matter. Thanks for being with me, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. you it's too. a pleasure. Thanks.